awesome way to praise the Lord. We'll do some more singing in a few minutes. Now let's get back to our continuing Bible story from the Bible in Living Sound. Your Majesty, I'll be right back with help. Lackey, Lackey, scribe, help, help! Will someone please help? Did you hear about the king? He fell through a window into the courtyard of the palace and almost killed himself. Hey, uh, what's that you say? King Ahaziah fell through a window and almost got killed. Uh, almost. The king, you say, did what? Almost got killed. Oh, it's a shame he didn't. He isn't any better than his father Ahab was, nor his mother Jezebel. They were both agents of Beelzebub. Uh, who almost killed Ahaziah? Himself. He almost killed himself? How? He fell out a window. Uh, he isn't fit to be king. It's a shame. That's what it is, that the queen wasn't made a widow. No, no. He almost fell out a... I mean, he did fall out a window. Well, that's what I said, a widow. Maybe he will die yet, will he? I don't know. The physicians say he doesn't have a very good chance to pull through. Seems he broke several bones and cut himself. He's in bad condition. chance have I, physicians? Uh, frankly, Your Majesty, we don't know. We're doing all we can. <laughs> Something someone can do? We understand how Her Majesty is beside herself with grief, but His Majesty's injuries have developed complications far beyond the knowledge of medical science, and uh, well, uh, there's nothing further we can do. S send messengers to Ekron. Ask gods if I will get well, all right, dear, all right. Lackey, you heard the king. See that messengers are sent at once to the god Beelzebub at Ekron. Ask him if his majesty will recover and hurry. Stop, please! You are the messengers sent by the king to see the gods at Ekron? We are, sir. Is it because there is no god in Israel that the king sends to Ekron to inquire of Beelzebub? There is a god in Israel, and he has commanded me to say unto you that the king shall not get out of the bed of sickness on which he now lies, but he shall surely die thereon. Return unto your king and give him this message. Farewell. Come back here. What should we do? Go on to Ekron or back to the king, as the man said? Why not go back to the king? No use to go to Ekron. You, you were told that I would not get well. 
Yes, Your Majesty. By whom? We don't know, Your Majesty. Just a man who met us on the way. Was, was he a prophet? Did not say, sire. What did he look like? Well, Your Majesty, he wore garments of hair with a girdle of leather about him. Elijah the Tishbite. That's who it was, all right. But don't you believe him, dear. You'll get well. I know you will. Yes, scribe, send me the captain of my guards. Right away, sire. Captain, take 50 men with you and... And capture Elijah the Tishbite and, and find out if the word he sent unto me is the word of the Lord. If it is, bring him here. I want to see him. Force him to come if you have to. Yes, Your Majesty. But where will we find this Elijah? He was on top of the hill between here and Ekron when we saw him. He may still be there. Go quickly, Captain, and find him before His Majesty dies. <laughs> There he is, Captain, sitting on top of the hill. Up the hill, men! On the double! Thou man of God, the king has sent me with these fifty soldiers with orders to take you back to the palace. Come. If I be truly a man of God, let fire come down from heaven and consume you and your fifty soldiers. And King Ahaziah sent another captain with fifty more soldiers. And they came to Elijah and said, The king commands you to come with us. If you know what's good for you, you'll obey the king. If I be a man of God, let fire come down from heaven and destroy thee and thy fifty soldiers who dare come to God in such stubbornness and lack of reverence. sent yet another captain with 50 men. And this captain came and fell on his knees before Elijah. O oh, man of God, there came fire down from heaven and burnt up the other captains and their fifties. But I come to thee begging that thou spare my 50 men and let my life be precious also in thy sight. Because thou hast humbled thyself and have come in respect before the Lord God of Israel, Thy life and the lives of thy fifty soldiers shall be spared. Thank you, man of God. Glory to his holy name. Glory, Glory to his holy name. We'll continue the Bible story tomorrow. And if you would like to have these stories to listen to at home, you can call the Bible and Living Sound at 1-800-634-0234. That's 1-800-634-0234. Now here's some more music before we have to say goodbye.
Hey, Rico, you want a soda? No, thank you. What's the matter with you? What do you mean? You use the love soda. Now all you drink is that stuff that comes out of the faucet. Do you mean water? Yeah, water. How boring is that? Not boring, healthy. Water isn't loaded with sugar. Hey, a little bit of sugar never hurt anyone. True, but soda doesn't just have a little bit. It has a lot. How much is a lot? Well, take that cola you're drinking. Inside that can is over 10 teaspoons of sugar. 10? In here? Yep. And not only that, you're dumping a bunch of chemicals and preservatives down your throat, too. Your body has to deal with all that junk. Trouble is, when it's trying to protect you from what you're drinking, it has to spend less time helping you build muscles and keeping your organs working properly. Besides, all that sugar is just helping to make people fat. And being fat certainly isn't good for you. So that's why I'll just stick with plain old boring but healthy water. How about low sugar sodas? They're okay, right? Well, they do have less sugar, but you're still getting a bunch of chemicals and preservatives. So what do you have against water? It's not manly to sip water. How many macho men do you see sipping water? (laughs) You're 11 years old. Then I want to be a macho kid. So why not be a healthy macho kid? I see your point. I guess being fat and sick isn't macho either. So go ahead and pour me a glass of water. But put it in a dirty glass. You are so weird. God has given us everything we need to be healthy inside and out. During Creation Week, he established a health plan for every creature on earth. To learn more about healthy living and about the God who created us all, go to kidsbibleinfo.com. That's kidsbibleinfo.com. This program was brought to you by the Children's Ministries Department of the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. A. God promises to answer me.
boys and girls. This is Ms. Kathy. I'm so happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. Do you like visiting museums? Have you ever been in a museum of children's art? What if your museum were showing a collection of paintings of children and one of the pieces was mysteriously missing? That's what happens to Sammy and Jenny in this new shoebox kids mystery. Along the way, Sammy learns that helping others is part of what it means to be a Christian. Chapter 4. Meeting Mrs. Sheckley Wait, you guys! Finally, the others listened and slowed down to stop on the next block. Sammy and Jenny stopped right behind them. What did you guys see back there, Sammy asked. A rhinoceros or something? Dee Dee was still trying to catch her breath. Between gasps, she tried to tell what happened. I heard Chris yell for us to come, and so I went with the rest of them up the gravel driveway. You think the front is overgrown, Willie added. The backyard is a regular jungle. Yeah, a person could go in there and disappear for the rest of their life, Chris said. Dee Dee went on. Anyway, Chris was trying to show us this bush, some sort of rose bush that grew against the back of the house. It must have been 15 feet tall. 20, Willie said. It climbed all the way up the back of the house. Well, what scared you? A man, Dee Dee almost screamed. While we were looking at the rose bush, a man came right out of the bush at the bottom and stared at us. It must have been some hidden door at the base of the bush, said Willie. I guess we didn't see it. It could have been painted green. I guess it wasn't such a good idea to go back there, Chris said. At least without permission, Maria said. I told you. Tell me about the man, Sammy said quietly. What did he do? Nothing, really. Willie scratched his head. He just kind of stared at us. He scared me, Dee Dee said. It was a strange place, and I wasn't expecting any man to pop out of a rose bush in front of me. What did he look like, Sammy asked. He was tall and thin, and he had a long raincoat on, Maria said. Did he have gray hair, Jenny asked. Yes, and it was messy, Maria said. He could have used a haircut. He looked creepy, and it was a creepy place, Dee Dee said. I'm going home. I'll go back to the Wallaces with you, Dee Dee, Chris said. I think we all should head home, Maria said. Everybody nodded and started to get on their bikes again. Wait, Jenny suddenly said. I forgot my sweater. Jenny, Chris moaned. I think, no, I know I left it on the front porch. I laid it on the railing. Jenny looked at the others who suddenly wanted to go back to a familiar house. Oh, you guys go on. It will just take me a second to ride back and get it. I'll go back with Jenny, Sammy said. Jenny and Sammy didn't expect the house to be as creepy the second time they saw it, but somehow it was. Clouds had covered up the sun, and the darkness of the midday made Jenny and Sammy uncomfortable as they rode up to the walkway in front of the house. "'Where did you leave your sweater?' Sammy whispered to Jenny. Once again, they crept up the rickety wooden stairs to the front door. "'Right over!' "'It's gone,' Jenny said. She looked both ways on the wide porch. "'I thought I hung it on the handrail right there, but... but... It's not there. Sammy saw that Jenny was about to cry. Don't worry, Jenny. We'll think of something, he said. Sammy looked around the porch. Dead leaves lay in deep piles on the porch. He noticed a window a few feet away covered with dirt. Sammy heard Jenny inhale suddenly, and he turned toward her. Her eyes were as wide as saucers. She tilted her head towards some thick bushes at the far end of the porch. Sammy saw a wide yellow eye staring at him out of the darkness. Then he heard a low howl, and he laughed. It's just a cat, silly, he said. Relax. Sammy quietly walked over to the window and pressed his face up to one of the panes. He pulled it away, and Jenny saw that the dirt from the window was now on his face. 
Sammy took the sleeve of his coat and rubbed away a patch of dirt on the window. There, he said, now we can see what's going on inside. Jenny joined him and peered into what looked like the living room. The furniture looked like it had been there for a long time. Wallpaper was peeling off the walls. A worn rug spotted with stains lay on the floor. Look there, Jenny whispered, pointing. Across the room from them was an old, beat-up couch. Lying across the back of the couch was Jenny's sweater. What now? Sammy asked. Well, we can knock again, Jenny said. Maybe we'll have better luck this time. I don't know, Sammy said. Maybe we should go get your mom. Let me try it just once, Jenny said. Then we can go get mom. Sammy took a deep breath, then nodded. Jenny walked over to the front door and knocked. Hello, she said to the door. Mrs. Sheckley, are you there? Jenny knocked for a couple of minutes with no success. Well, let's head back, Sammy said. Jenny started to answer when she heard a muffled woman's voice come from above them. Jenny and Sammy looked at each other, and Jenny walked over to the far end of the porch. She leaned over the railing to look up at the window where the noise had come from. Jenny, be careful, Sammy said. Those boards don't look too sturdy over there. Just a second, sat. Jenny's words were swallowed up as her foot crashed through the boards beneath her. Jenny, Sammy yelled, and rushed to help her. But when he got close, the boards began to make cracking sound under his feet. Sammy, stay back, Jenny shouted. She stood on one foot while the other disappeared into the floor up to her knee. Another board creaked beneath her. Can you get out? Are you hurt? Sammy yelled back. I think I can get my foot out, Jenny said, fighting back tears, but it hurts. The boards cut my leg. She sat back on the floor behind her. Crying silently, she pulled her leg out of the hole. Sammy winced at the long red scratches that ran down her leg. A trickle of blood ran from one. Who's out there? Sammy and Jenny heard a woman's voice. If it's you teenage hoodlums again, I'll call the police. The screen door opened a crack and Jenny and Sammy looked at each other. Come on, Sammy said. I can't, Jenny said. Run for it, Sammy. Run and get Mom. Sammy looked at Jenny sitting on the broken porch. Then he looked at the dark figure coming out of the door. Sammy heard thunder boom above them, and he lost his courage. Sammy leaped over the edge of the porch into the bushes. Crouching in the bushes beneath the porch, Sammy watched as the old lady came through the door and walked across the porch. Jenny sat beside the broken boards, quietly sobbing. She watched as Mrs. Sheckley slowly walked up to her and looked at both her and the broken boards. Who are you? Mrs. Sheckley almost shouted. What do you want? Jenny looked scared to death, but she squeaked out a reply. I'm, I'm sorry I broke your porch, she said. Sammy watched from the bushes, still unsure of what to do. Mrs. Sheckley hobbled closer to Jenny, then stopped. Her voice suddenly grew soft. Are you okay? Mrs. Sheckley said to her. Of course, you're not all right. You're hurt. She looked down at Jenny as if trying to decide what to do. Well, I can't carry you. Lord knows I have a hard enough time getting around myself. But you need something to help stop that bleeding. Do you think you can walk? Jenny nodded, and the old lady reached a feeble hand down to help Jenny back up to her feet. I'm sorry I broke your porch, Jenny said again. Oh, don't worry about that old thing. The termites ruined it a long time before you stepped on it. The two of them leaned against each other as they walked slowly across the porch and into the front door. Sammy sat there for a long time, trying to decide what to do. Hiding in the bushes isn't helping anyone, he thought. Should I run for help, like Jenny asked me to, or should I follow her into Mrs. Sheckley's living room?
you have heard today is a chapter of the Shoebox Kids, Book 5, The Broken Dozen Mystery, written by Glenn Robinson, edited and created by Jerry D. Thomas, and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955. This podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Let the children come. Don't dare drive them away. springtime of their life decides the adults they'll become so let the children come please let the children come children's bible journey was brought to you by 3abn australia radio and is a production of life talk radio at lifetalk.net